Well, hello, y'all. This is Market Explainer. We are the Business News Podcast. My name is Danny, and as always, I'm brought to you um, together with my uh, my partner in crime, the uh, the junior co-host here. Take <laughs> me. I am the bigger, much bigger, much louder, much more obnoxious, junior co-host. and much more um, intelligent co-host. Hey, bef- before we get rolling, folks. I just want to ask you to do us a favor. We have a Patreon. We mm-hmm. are getting our levels and tiers set up on our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash market explainer. Yep. Go join our Patreon. We're going to have Go a, join our we're Patreon. Gonna, we're going to have a cheap tier. We're going to start throwing up content over there. Also, if you could do us a favor, I don't want you to blast. I just I don't want you to smash it or blast it or do anything unkind. <laughs> I just want you to gently caress. Okay, like it's a like it's a puppy. When pet you say like gently button. caress, it makes me nervous. So I'm sure it makes everyone else. Just hit that like button. <laughs> hit the like, subscribe. I say hit. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want to use that kind of divisive, violent language. I don't want you to hit anything or anyone. <clears throat> I just sure. want you to gen- gently pet that like button. No, no, quit. Please stop. <laughs> Please stop. Go. <laughs> hey, like button. What's going on? <laughs> hey, stop what's it. up? Subscribe hey, stop, button. Stop, stop, stop. I'm here Get into our stories, Danny. Stop it. Stop it. It's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, this is an awesome story. This mm. first one, we have four fantastic stories. We've got a lot to get into today. Um, we are always, like I always like to say, we are definitely better than group chat pod. Um, this first one, piece of gold. It is a marker that our economy is amazing, and there's zero inflation, and there's nothing to be concerned about. As we all know, the prices, the price of housing is skyrocketing, and it's perfectly fine. No reason to panic. Has 17% nothing to do, last month. Has nothing to do with the massive money printing going down, going on at the Federal Reserve. It's totally fine. It will remain calm. Don't listen to conspiracy theorists that are saying that this means the end of the good economy in America. All wacky. But now they're going to give you uh, a 40-year mortgage. Ginny May, which for people who don't understand, is this weird incestuous thing where it's defined as a... GSE, a government-sponsored entity, Correct. which is a fancy way of saying the federal government's bank, right? In a way, yes. So Ginny May, I mean, am I incorrect in saying that Ginny May lines, outlines the product, and the banks pick it up, and they start offering it to people, and then Ginny May, at some point in time in the transaction, ends up acquiring the loan back while it is managed by the bank? That is, that is a correct... And layman's way of putting it. But yes, okay. they design products that they think that the government can sell that are government-backed, right. Right? right? So so yes. And in this way, they believe that they can, because currently, look, when you say incestuous, you really, the mortgage industry as a whole, the banking industry as a whole is very incestuous. People make money from each other in a billion different ways. The way loans are handed back and forth and money changes hands back and forth. The mortgage industry and the way it runs all across America, it's it's how lower levels of mortgage functions is the ability to sell these on the back end, right? And that kind of stuff. And you have second and third markets. So Jenny May's real job, as you said, is to create products that they think can sell on the secondary market. And the, and if they do, take hold. So what I'm, the reason I'm putting that disclaimer on it is just because Jenny May creates this product doesn't necessarily mean that the market, 
is going to pick it up and is run going away. to pick it up. And if the market, the secondary market, doesn't pick it up, no one will offer a forty-year mortgage. Right. This happens sometimes. They come out with a product or a or the government and when they right. use Jenny May to do it, comes out with a. A new home buyer bonus or something right. like that that may not be picked up on the secondary market because the which secondary is where, market which is where the product really matters is because Ginny May is not a direct to, they don't go to the consumer correct they're a no, bank correct they're a bank to bank they're a b2b so what's interesting about this is this is kind of like if you look at uh, you know our cousins to the north America's hat Canada you look at Canada's housing market, and if you're like me and you watch some of those fake HGTV shows, <laughs> kind of understand it. I actually have family in Canada on, on both both in Toronto and in um, BC, uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. You, you kind of understand that, you know, adjusted for the change in currency, housing there is like the entire country is like New York and California, right? Housing is priced silly. Right, is right. absurd. I think British Columbia has some of the most expensive real estate. You want a small house? They are adjusted for the difference in currency, two thousand square feet. I don't know what it is in meters because I'm an American, but you know <laughs> the equivalent of a two thousand. I always have to put a calculator in there. I always, like I, mean, I don't get it. No, I'm American, so none of this like whatever your weird French numbers are mm -hmm. don't mean anything to me. Yep. Um, yeah. So, but I'm just saying like. The equivalent of a two thousand square foot house, we're into the half a plus half a plus million dollars adjusted for like in most of these major markets. And sure, in the smaller markets, Calgary and other places, prices aren't so crazy. But the majority of the population of Canada lives a hundred miles from the U.S. border, and they also majority live in in these bigger cities, just like the U.S. But they have forty year mortgages up there. Well, because look, they did this in the they did this in the automotive industry in the last fifteen years, right? Correct. In the in the '90s and 2000s, you were not getting uh, a loan on a car that was more than five years. Correct. It, you just weren't. It, they were all like between in, three and five years. Five right. years, sixty payments was the max you would find right. on a car. Now, and as that was cars go ahead, wild too back then. Yeah, and wild. as cars got more expensive, they realized that people could not afford the payments. With the 60 more, you know what I mean? 60 month payments. So how can I get more of these expensive cars sold? Well, some bank out there started selling 72 month notes. And now no, you 84. can buy a Tesla on an eight year loan. 84, right? isn't it 84 Yeah, months? I think it's something like that. It doesn't, the point is, is now you have six, seven, and eight year loans on cars. Now, that is so that they can sell you a higher price product, bringing that monthly right. payment down. However, that also means that if you're the average American that buys your house and sells it between five and ten years down the road, you've now right. paid less on your house because you were stretching that payment. And during that time, the bank has made more. Correct. You've paid less into your overall wealth, and, and, and the bank has paid, made more. And if you've paid less... Your your capacity to build equity, because you're coming Lessons. to the table with it's it's lower. So again, like I said at the beginning, this is not a bad omen for the economy. Everything is perfectly <laughs> fine. Keep you know keep spending consumer dollars on your credit card. Not a big deal. America's yeah. the greatest country in the world. Nothing wrong here. Okay, There's no such thing as inflation. Look. I have zero problems with this existing. 
Okay. They're going to put it through the FHA system, right? They're going to yeah. offer the product through the FHA system, which, which means has barriers. The, the poorest people, the poorest people yeah. are the ones well, who go FHA. Again, but that's still most mortgages, right? So this will impact most mortgages. They're, they're also – the thing that I found interesting about this, though, typically when the government creates a product, NMA creates a product, they have all kinds of stipulations around it, like VA loans, right, or USDA loans. They all or have if these you, – if, if you remember back to when um, this thing that happened in my lifetime and your lifetime, the crash of 2000, the right. financial crisis in which I was a 17-year-old mortgage broker. Don't ask how that worked the out. The Great Recession, um, yes. Yeah. Um, there was an organization within the federal government, uh, an arm of the, the executive branch called Housing and Urban Development. And in 2008, their direction to GSEs, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, Ginny Mae, was that 56% of their loans had to be Subprime, which is a fancy way of saying, mm-hmm. hey, you have to give over half of the loans that you give out to people have to be people who cannot afford right. the loan. Well, but that that obviously changed that that with all the new rules and regulations that changed. Right. And they have a lot of it's much more difficult to get a loan in today's world. So the FHA came out and said, look, if this product, if we it's supposed to come out between now and October. Right. If we do get this product out and the market does respond, meaning we can sell them on the secondary market that investors right. are buying them, right. um, then the FHA guidelines that currently exist for 15, 20, 25, and 30-year mortgages apply to this. However, unlike those, there is no loan limit. So FHA has a loan limit. It's a calculation based on the city and state, the average, right, or whatever. They don't want you using government money to overspend on loans and stuff like that. So there's a limit, right? Like here in Austin, it's around $400,000, right? You know what I mean? Um, But there's a limit. If there's no limit on a 40-year loan, meaning you meet all the other FHA criteria, but there's no loan limit, now you have millionaires taking advantage of... A forty-year hey, product, or and again, a, you know. and again, let me point just point something out. This will work fine. This programs like this, mm-hmm. devised by the government, have never backfired, never inflated the housing market before. <laughs> They've never crashed the housing market before. So there's no reason to be concerned here at all. This is one of those where, if I had a crystal ball and I was guessing, mm-hmm. like a lot of programs that you talk about the Great Recession. It's going to – millionaires love it. Millionaires yeah. don't care about how much interest they pay on loans like, because they get to keep their money in their pocket. They get right. to invest it. They'll make more – millionaires make more money off of their money in their accounts than they right. ever would on any loan and, that they pay and, for, and, right? And millionaires and billionaires, they love a couple of things, and one of the things they love is debt because right. debt creates – and uh, it's, not, it's not taxable. So they have the cash to go buy. They put their cash in an investment – they take the investment returns. They take out a loan against that, yep. and all, all of a sudden they have access to their capital without paying taxes. They'll happily pay 10, 15 percent interest. Matter. It doesn't matter, but they'll because happily it's a write pay off. Right. They'll write off the interest. So it's still income because it's a yeah. write off. It's still in. So billionaires will love this rule, and poor people, it's going to kill them. Uh, like yeah. it, we, and we've again, talked about on never this happened thing. before. Uh, we talked I'm about on this scary... podcast before about generations yeah. and how 
you know, owning a home and, and this kind of stuff. And Danny and I think a little differently about the, you know, wealth and owning a home and, and whatever. But but this goes, again, more to into your side of if you are between your 20s and 40s and you're signing a 40-year lease, Ease? or I mean a 40-year mortgage, right. you are putting yourself in a situation where that right. home, that ROI, even with rates not rates but uh values going up the way they're going it still makes it crazy math so let's just you know there's that clip in the big short and my favorite part about that movie is they start the story of how this entire market got inflated in the middle of the story and just neglected the part where the government was pulling the strings they put everything at the bank at the feet of these greedy bankers i'm an i'm a anarchist but i'm a capitalist right i'm a, a strict free market anarchist guy, right? Mm. I'm not like a huge fan of the bankers. I'm not waving Citibank's flag around, okay? Right. But I'm also saying they're greedy bankers. Okay, we expect well, yeah. them to be greedy bankers. But when the government permits them and says, here's a way to be an even greedier bastard, okay? <laughs> so, again, yeah. let's, I'm just saying, uh, I think it was over 52, I think it's over half, 52% of millennials in a survey recently that I think I'm pulling this, it was an article from CNBC, mm-hmm. said they regretted going to college because of the volume of debt and how that debt put them behind in life. So sure. let's just use this as a jumping off point for me to say my crazy thing, which is maybe buying a single family home to live in as a residence might, and the big man is correct. This is the, the, the easiest entry into building wealth for every person. My parents are immigrants to this country. This is one tool they used to build wealth was a home. Mm-hmm. Now, um, and it served them well because when they want to buy the next one, you know, they're not putting, yeah, they're buying a way more expensive home. They progressively bought more expensive homes, but they're not coming out of pocket with a lot more money, right? right. It's always their, their, the, the home that they lived in increased in value. They're, they're, they're capturing that value and they're, just passing it down the road into a bigger house. So, but it is a good time to reconsider the proposition, not saying you should invest in real estate, that the proposition that, you know, you're going to buy a house and live in it, and that's going to be a good investment for you. Um, because these are just, again, these are markers mm-hmm. that the government is, the government is communicating something to the market in a roundabout way, which is we don't expect houses to get any cheaper anytime soon. Right. No, and they they don't. And, and there's been a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of stuff. Obviously, on a real estate company, my nose to is in the grass right. note of all real estate news all the time. And there's a lot of people spouting. You know, again, the moratorium, the 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 more the default moratorium ends at the today we're recording this podcast. Um, there's a couple of things in the works, and this is not that show. We'll get into that in a different thing. Maybe I'll do a blog post about it. But the point though is, is this came about as a way to help. Like, right. for example, if you lost your job last year and you've been utilizing the, the moratorium on your back mortgage, right? It is not mortgage forgiveness. This right. may get make the numbers work for that bank to be able to Refinance change your loan because right. the payments are lower and whatever. Now, again, for the small percentage of people that that may actually help, right? right. Having a tool available for them is a good thing. The problem again, that I'm I have – I'm not ahead. against this, okay? I'm not against anything. I'm just suggesting that the way it's going to be used, the same way um, balloon loans that were manu- that were used, yeah, by arms in- and balloon notes, adjustable and- adjustable rate mortgages mm-hmm. were used for people back in 
So I'm just saying, it, I'm not suggesting or, in fact, believing that this is going to inflate the market tomorrow and it's all going to go kaboom. I'm just saying the, the trend ain't good. And the long-term result might not be good in the sense that we're going to inflate the market again. And I think our, I don't know that that's bueno. But again, we have a, a situation where the Federal Reserve, which is a private non-private bank, complicated <laughs> way, but it's sure, a private non-private, right. yeah. is the um, America's central bank um, is printing so much money, they have to get this money into the market. This money right. needs velocity. If this capital lacks velocity, the whole... This is a merry-go-round that it, when it stops, it all starts lighting on fire. Well, okay? and that's why they come out with these new products. Because we live in a, an economy that has to move. We've, you and I have talked about this. We live in a transaction-based economy. We right. are, all of our businesses are incestuous to a certain extent. Right. We all just transfer money to each other all day long. That's what yeah. we do. That's what the American economy relies on is right. everybody changing money, even though it's the same set of money. Right. But it changing hand constantly is how we function. But but what I was getting at though is is look, the problem is the situations are situational. What I mean by that is one of the reasons I do this podcast is to help educate people on how things work and that kind of stuff. I know Danny laughs every time I say that because he has no problem being against that. But my point is is it, it, the someone when I say situations are situational and people are people, meaning someone uses this product to buy a house. The idea of this being created, the government does not want you to pay a loan for 40 years, for the next 40 years. No. They know this is not a great benefit to you. What they no. want you is to use this maybe to get in a home or refinance your home because you are you lost your job or whatever. And that with the idea that when you get another job six months from now and your terms are better, you refinance back to a 30-year mortgage, a 15-year mortgage. That is the right. idea that's written on paper so all this stuff gets, you know what I mean, passed. Right. The problem is, is people, people... The people that do these kind of things, that the government can't come back to you and go, "Hey, it's time, it's time for you to refi. You got a job now right. again, right? You got a blah blah blah. You da da. You need yeah. to refinance." They don't do that. So what happens is that same person that takes advantage of this so that they can refi to get their back mortgage, or whatever. A year from now, when they do have a job or a better job or a they're going to say, job, my, they're just going to keep paying this forty-year right. mortgage instead of doing it. My payments went from seventeen hundred to fourteen hundred. Well, Dag Nabbit, I can afford that boat now. Right. right? And I can afford that and boat. I can afford that whatever. Vacation. I can blow that money on Listen, nothing. I'm not a like a hardcore Dave Ramsey. Get out of debt. It's going to be your savior guy. I'm not no, that guy. I'm not either. But I'm also a guy who says, well, carrying tons and tons of, like being that up to your neck in debt, where it's just like I can afford my payments, but I can't afford the things that I owe payments on. Yeah. That is a dangerous economy to live in and i'm just saying that as a guy who is i'm not saying i'm anti-government at all i'm just saying some people might define me that way i'm just saying i'm one of those people just, that would definitely define you that way sure um Go ahead. i'm just saying that i don't know that this this is a strong signal that they have the fa like this is not good for people i don't think now that being no, said I, if you're again, someone I think it offers a short-term way out for them to say that hey i'm doing something Right. right, I'm doing something. I, I know that Which not everybody. The, the entirety of government is, hey man, we had to do something, so right. we decided to screw you over completely. Um, which is like you know, I have conversations with my friends who have certain political persuasions. They're like, well, you had to do something. I was like, so he decided to screw everybody over. That was the plan. All I'm telling <laughs> you is, if you're looking at this, 
talk yeah. to more than one person. I put right. look, I put money decisions in the same thing I do medical decisions. Right. Talk to more than one person. That's all. Right. Because there yeah. are bad mortgage people out there. If this talk, comes talk. a product in October, yeah, there are bad mortgage people out there. There's somebody that may in some way figure out how to screw you. Just if something doesn't sound right, get more information. Right. Understand talk what to, you're getting talk into. To more. Talk to the, the the financial equivalent of a chiropractor because they'll always tell you something wacky. <laughs> do not do that at all. But I'm just so let me just before we jump into this next story, I do want to just speculate really quick and say, hey, listen, for the millennials out there that are saying, I agree with you, Danny, you're correct. The big man is wild. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, we're, we might be screwed. There's still an opportunity for you to go out there and go to cities where you think there's an like, for instance, if I, you know, in Texas, if I'm investing in Texas. I might go down to Galveston or South Padre and say, hey, with a 40-year, I can actually buy a house and like afford it. And South Padre and Galveston, they're used to short-term rentals as a business. And, hey, maybe there's an opportunity here for me to get a, to get a house on a 40-year. And, and Well, you'd and have to live in it. You can't use it as an investment property. But... Well, of course. I would live in it. Who said I wasn't yeah. going to live in it? Okay, again, Danny's getting into his scammy behavior. No, so that's, that's one thing about FHA is it's not you can't go buy an investment property. I never on a said that mortgage. I wasn't going to live in it, big I, man. This is for okay. for owner occupied only. This would be owner occupied, and I would just rent out all the other rooms. On uh, I'm just saying, like you know, now to, to say that they're going to put protocols in place other than asking you because you know yeah. in Texas, for example, that's all you get asked when you yeah. you're, you're buying this property owner occupied, right? Like correct. Like that's 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 the hurdle you have to jump listen, for investment properties and. And in I'm not Texas. saying anyone would ever do this, okay, or that you should do this. No, you should. But not. I'm just okay. I'm just saying, like, if you lived in it for six months and then decided you didn't want to live in, uh, you know, mm-hmm. America's spring break capital, uh, you know. Don't listen to Danny, folks. He'll get you in trouble. Anyway, um, what do we, what do we got, Danny? But before, listen, speaking of inflation, I want to tell you about our sponsor for this segment. Meet the new store of value. It's actually the same as the old store of value. Timeless, thoughtfully designed, and guaranteed to retain value in a way cash won't. An excellent first weight, two and a half grams of gold, is an excellent first weight for the pro gold investor or the new gold investor to accumulate gold over time. The modern design and a mirror like finish. You, too, can get into gold investing. I'm not saying that the world is turning upside down because of the story we just did or anything. I'm just saying <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> you can hit that's the link great. down in the description down below, and you can go get started with Acre Gold. And, um, hey, mm-hmm. by the way, before we get into this next story, we have a website now. What a market oh, we do. That's right. I almost forgot about uh, that. Right. You can go to marketexplainer.com. We have all of our backstories, all that stuff. We're going to start adding more content there over time, so I want you to head out and check that out. But hey, before we, but, but before all of that matters, Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney. <laughs> Danny was so happy when he sent me this story this week. And, and, and whatever. So look, excited. So a quick look. As always, when a millionaire... Scarlett Johansson, sues a, a billion-dollar company like Disney, for example. Uh, it's always about money, right? Like it, it's just you don't say it's always you about money, say. right? It's it's and look, it, 
Scarlett Johansson, this is probably her last Marvel movie anyway. So she probably has zero fear about pissing off Disney, right? Like, right. so, like, the, the, the Black Widow the movie, she died in, spoiler alert, she died in the last major Marvel movie, right? Right. Then they made the spinoff of her. So this is probably it for her. So she's not worried about coming back and playing Black Widow again or whatever. So, because that's always, I, I assume, in any employee, even as an actor, you're afraid to piss off big executives because you may never work to Disney again, right? Or whatever. So... The short story but that, is, but that does. Go ahead. I mean, listen, there is a concern there now, which is like, hey, you know, employment. I've been in employment situations. Where I absolutely, according to an attorney, was screwed over and had legal cause to go after them. And the the, the, the attorney's advice was, well, can, and no one can legally prohibit you from applying for a job with another company. Right. And everybody talks, bro. Everybody knows everybody, and everybody talks. And, and that's so always a saying, danger. Right. Like, listen, if it's a middle six figure number, I don't need I don't need another job from anybody. So it's fine. <laughs> well, but like, being blackballed in Hollywood a is a real thing. I mean, what's, what's Keanu Reeves being blackballed in Hollywood is a real thing. I mean, Keanu right. Reeves for what a decade, fifteen years, right? And yeah. and that kind of so it, it's a real thing. But look, it essentially is over what Scarlett Johansson and her lawyers think is about fifty million bucks, right? The oh, short yeah, story is, is, and here's what I don't understand all the time because I think, and again, legalese, you get into a bunch of different contracts and what's right and wrong. A lot of it's opinions and wording and yada yada. My point though is, is I try to be a very logical, upfront kind of guy. I like things easy, simple, you know what I mean? Easy to understand. And the fact is, is Scarlett Johansson knew back in March of this year that they were not only going to they were going to release this not only in movie theaters but right. on Disney Plus. She knew right. back in March. So this is not this like is a streaming service. Yeah, which is their streaming Disney Plus. So let me just explain they, something they really did quick not, for if they didn't just uh, the weekend before the release go, "Hey, right. we're also going to put this on Disney Plus." Right. So here's what for people who might not understand, we do have a link to the Variety article in the description. But a lot of actors at this level have a deal where they go, hey, listen, half of the draw of this film is the is me on the title, right? Right. So they get a back-end cut where they don't get their... So a lot of guys, they'll work for a day rate or they'll work you know, on the low end, low, low end, yeah. work for a day rate, work for um, a specific number, a contract number. But sometimes they say, hey, listen, for this investment to be worth it to you, this for you to want to do this movie... Because the studio understands if you know we get Tom Cruise to do another Mission Impossible, the draw is going to be X. Um, and if we just do a spinoff of Mission Impossible without Tom Cruise, you know it's going to be a third of that. Yeah. So well, and Cruise not only did not only from a standpoint of they get a cut on the back, they typically like in this case they have bonus structures based on the income. If if the income for worldwide is X, you get right. a bonus of Y. So it's not just a percentage; it's also it this bonus up. structure, which is right. what it, it, she's actually suing them over. She's right. making the argument that because they made it available on Disney Plus for thirty dollars a pop. That right. less people went to the movies, which apparently, according to her contract, is all she gets credit for, right? right? Which is, is stupid. went to the movies, and that her argument is since more people, less people went to the movies to watch it because they had it available at home, she didn't meet her bonus structure, which would have been another fifty million bucks in her pocket, and she's blaming Disney for that. Now, this is not the first time 
this has occurred in our post worldwide yeah. era that we've been in. Right. It's come up before Warner Brothers when they came out with HBO Max and they came out and said, what was it, midsummer last year that hey, all of our movies that are coming out at the movie theaters in the next year or eighteen months right. are gonna be available on HBO Max as well day right. one. What they did, because the same contract situation came up with some of their stars, Will Smith, um, Keanu Reeves, Denzel Washington, right? They up front went to those people and gave them their max bonus. They basically okay. said, "Here, you know what I mean? Here's what we right. said you would get because we're not we're not doing this. We're just gonna. This is a new world we're all living in. We're all figuring and, it out." And when they finally came out with Wonder Woman 1984. Let me tell you how happy I was that I didn't spend a godforsaken penny to go to the theater and watch that garbage. It, it was, was it was not great. Garbage. I love Wonder hot Woman. Yes. Not, that movie was not great. The first Wonder Woman was fantastic. It was fantastic. This, the Zack Snyder cut of um, Justice League. Oh, Amazing. fantastic. Amazing. Fantastic. So Dedicated good. half of my life. Like, I dedicated an evening to that. Yes, you and I, you were like, have you watched it yet? I was like, it's yeah, four hours, man. Like, So no, good. Great. But, yeah. so in this case, HBO Max, Warner Brothers, did the right thing. Disney, and look, this is not Disney's first rodeo with doing something that the industry says, hey, here's the right thing to do. And Disney goes, well, we're Disney. Forget yeah. you. We're going to do whatever we want to do. It Them writing her a $50 million check because... And let, let's talk about this. So the first weekend... Okay, the first weekend numbers came in. It's it's made over three hundred million since it came out. But the first weekend, which is when most people go to the box office to see things, it made right. eighty million dollars in North America. It made seventy eight million dollars overseas. So that's hundred and fifty, right? Something million dollars. Not a big box office for a weekend. Opening. Well, it's actually the lowest of any of the the Marvel. newest Marvel movie since the original. It's actually the lowest, which I'm sure is part of her problem, right? Right. But then they made another $60 million off the Disney Plus, off the streaming. She right. gets $0 of that $60 million that went directly to Disney. And oh, by the way, you and I both know when people go to the movies and you pay a ticket for that, right? they are splitting that $158 million with the cinemas, with movie stars, with all kinds of different people, middlemen. That right. $60 million that you paid $30 a pop to see that in your own home they goes straight to nobody. Disney. They are splitting it with nobody. So she know, she gets no credit and knows that they made an additional $60 million straight to their bottom line that cost them nothing extra. But I, I wonder if her argument is kind of weak because I don't know about you, but I have Marvel fatigue. I'm not, I don't care anymore. I'm done. Like this, after the, <laughs> after this, after this arc, I don't, I don't care anymore. Like I'm out, bro. Um, but I'm just saying. The movie didn't it didn't do that well on the Disney Plus side either. No, no, in the grand scheme of things, like I just said, it is the worst even during right this last 18 yes. months, it is the worst performing movie of the Marvel series. Now again, you can say obviously theaters are still not at capacity and not everybody's going out and and whatever, right. but but so you're right and, and a lot of people are in your shoes of the Marvel fatigue. A lot of people right. are. I'm not, but I get where you're coming from with that. What I think, though, is you've got a situation here where 
Disney probably doesn't have to pay her based on her contract because you we all know how contracts lag behind technology and business and stuff like that from time to time. But according to a couple of the articles that came out, though, the problem why they're probably going to settle with her and probably give her her money is and this happens also in business, you get communicate emails going before between scarlett johansson's people and their people and mm-hmm. one of their people sends an email with the wrong sentence in it and that happened back in when they back in march when they said hey we're going to release this on disney plus as well yeah. the marvel chief executive sent her an email that said we understand that the plan should that that should the cha- plan change we would need to discuss with you and come to an understanding as the deal is based on a series of very large box office bonuses. So they acknowledged back then due to her in an email right. that if we go this route, which they did, that they were acknowledging her point and apparently that never come to fruition. This happens in sports contracts a lot where they go, well, if you're still playing in two years, we'll renegotiate in good faith. Right. Or if the market goes up for linebackers in the next year, we'll renegotiate. Right. Well, who decides what good faith is? Correct. <clears throat> so what's interesting here is this is a great example of why I hesitate to send business-related emails. I'm like, hey, can you just get on the phone with me really quick? Absolutely. You and me both, brother. I agree. And I'm like, because I already can imagine me. I can already imagine the deposition video of me going, <laughs> Sure, Mr. Thomas, so when you sent this email on the 3rd of July. Uh, exactly. And, and me but just that's going, what business gonna... is, right? Yeah. I mean, you as the chief, this wasn't even some intern that, you know, oh. like this is the chief executive of Marvel, right? Who understood Which the fact the that they business. have a chief executive in charge of, a movie franchise right like at disney like you're in charge of marvel crap that's how big it is right um and look and look, disney came out the next day like at first disney wasn't taking any any phone calls about this right. or whatever disney came out the next day and and released a, a little account basically saying you know the normal stuff you was to how dare scarlett johansson you know s- say things like this especially during the world that we currently live in we're all just trying to make things work together blah 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 and then they said look they pulled the whole and this you know this happened again in sports sometimes when like sports are they're renegotiating a contract and they're like oh god million dollar he's such a quarterback is just a big baby who cares if he can pay 20 million or 22 million you play football right right (coughs) disney did this whole well we've already uh, we paid her according to her contract. She's already received $20 million. Yeah, but the point is, I don't... It's not about the money. We made we should, we made a deal on terms, and you switched the terms up. And mm-hmm. I... Listen, I believe in our... I believe in free markets, radical free markets. Absolutely. I, and I also believe in one other thing, right? It's God, radical free markets, and then sure. family, Fast and Furious, of course, family. And then fourth <laughs> after all of that is... Be petty. Sometimes you have, like, no, no, no. I agreed to something. Right. Be petty. Like, we agreed to terms. And I'm only asking you to live up to the terms that we agreed to. The world has changed. I'm open to di- the dialogue about what that means in the context of, you know, we made the contract in a universe where this was a, where stuff was weird. Where streaming wasn't weird was, yet. yeah, yeah, exactly. And 
this is the world we live in now. I could live with, let's have a renegotiation, bring that 50 down to 20. I can live with that. <clears throat> what I can't live with is, world change, shove it. Nah. Well, they're playing the court of public opinion in releasing this. By them coming out and saying, well, we've already given her a $20 million check. She's not suffering. She's a multi... They're trying the, the public opinion. They, they don't care about the yeah. legal leads at that point. And they you just made don't $60 want... million on in the first weekend on direct into your pocket off streaming. Yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. So they, they just don't want, you know, and, and that's why they'll probably end up paying her. Right, yeah. whatever she's wanting, and, and whatever, or at listen, least a big Scarlett chunk Scarlett Johansson, if you want to come be on our podcast and you want to formally, you know, <laughs> talk about this, we're so happy Explain to explain in a business yeah. and marketplace way how yes. Disney screwed you over. Right, correct. we are here for it. Let us know; yes. we'll make it work on our schedule. That's correct. I mean, I'm That's pretty it. busy. I've got a pretty. I mean, I'm running a couple of businesses. Danny is pretty busy, but for Scarlett Johansson, we will right, make. Yeah. Um, I will make the time for Scarlett time. Johansson. Um, also, if uh, you know, there's a plenty of actresses who would like to come. I'm here for that. You know what? That I don't know why, but I got a creepy vibe from you right then. I don't, I don't can, know why can, you would get it. You know, I, this is a I'm business and marketplace news podcast, right? This right. isn't tender for you. All right, let's go. Let's move on. Let's. All right. Uh, before we do that, though, I want to tell you about his business, Big Man Gear. Mm -hmm. Big Man Gear is a fun brand. <laughs> fun as defined by the big man. It's true. Um, you can go. It's it's meme t-shirts, man. It's not that hard to figure out. It's not that hard to figure out. You go to bigmangear.com, you pick out a t-shirt that you like, and you order it, and you get it from Amazon in a day. That's correct. That I don't hard. know if you get it in a Enjoy day, it. you might get it in a yeah. couple of days, but, you know. Whatever it is. Right. So, um, this next story, which is super fun, Jollibee. Do you know what Jollibee <laughs> is, big man? I do not. I, I didn't until you sent this story, so so why don't you inform me what it actually is? So, Jollibee <laughs> is a Canadian fast... Canadian, what am I saying? Filipino fast food franchise. I, I do see how your mind got those mixed up, though. Canadian and no, Filipino. No, sorry. The first, the first sentence in the story on from Next Shark is four Canadian provinces, and that's just got stuck in there. Um, it's a Filipino uh, um, fast, fast food, food franchise. Okay, but I do a ton of what, business. Like, in the what Philippines. kind of fast food franchise? Is it a burger joint? Is it a Filipino food? Whatever it's, that is, is it's it a, its own deal. Jollibee has in the United in the West. It has a cult following. Um, I know this because I was visiting uh, some friends in Chicago. They're like, "We have a Jollibee," and I was like, "Okay, okay." They're like, "So that, do you want to go?" Like Waterburger is that? Like, that's what the is thing. It's like they have just these weird. Mm. And for those you know less than familiar with Filipino culture, there's a lot of traditional Asian vibes, but they were conquered by the Spanish, right? So. There's a lot of weird stuff. I shouldn't say weird. Just different, interesting stuff. So Asian, Spanish. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how to explain it. Okay. Um, I know some I went of out this because I read the articles Danny sent over or whatever, but I went out this from a strictly franchise-based, fast food-based kind of thing. I so like, Still, I read two different articles on this. Yeah, I still can't answer what kind of food these <laughs> – like I yeah. just need to go to – I didn't – it made sense. I should have just Googled it and went to their their restaurant. Page went to their website and looked at their their um their stuff. 
whoever's it's, writing these new articles though is probably just as confused as I am because they right. didn't mention it in their thing. The whole point of this though is whatever kind but, of but, restaurant food that they make, they must right. be making money hands over fist. That's correct because, because their expansion in the last couple of years is insane. And their plan to continue to expand includes 234 more stores in North America, which United States, Canada, and Mexico. I don't think they're moving into Mexico. I think it's mostly going to be California and um, parts of Canada. Um, but also include going, Times Square, downtown uh, Chicago. These are right? not cheap places to get into. Opening not. up a fast food joint in Times Square is a big deal. I mean, you've got to be right. a big company at that point. And, you know what and, I mean? And so They've mostly gone into areas where there's a high concentration of Filipino Americans. Makes a ton of sense. Because they can build kind of a uh, you know a market a, a market uh, an audience rather with people who are a little more familiar with it you know um, here's what else is interesting in the Philippines JFC which owns Jollibee operates Burger King and Panda Express in the Philippines but worldwide they own the Coffee Bean Tea Leaf which they acquired back in 2019. Um, and they own a majority stake, which they purchased in 2018, of Smashburger. So the holdings company that owns Jollibee isn't a—they're not like a joke. They're a real player. Well, I mean, that's 450 million dollars in acquisitions in the last three years, right. and that—I mean, you've got to. So they've got to be making money, right? They're expanding. Right. They're making money. Um, the whole in Filipino heavy neighborhoods and demographics and stuff like this. Right. Again. I think you've got a company that's not only growing, but growing in what I would call their sweet spot, right? Right. Hey, people, and again, I'm assuming this based on the number of franchises they have. If right. you're from the Philippines, like actually from the Philippines, you probably know what this company is. It'd be like coming to Texas and saying, hey, where's the nearest Whataburger, right? Right. I automatically Everybody know what you're talking about. They're putting Whataburgers everywhere you have southern fat rednecks, right? They're going to put a Whataburger down there. And then this so, way, they're going to find the group of, you know, densely populated Filipinos and be like, hey. Right. So, big man, one of the things that they make, and when they finally open up a franchise, uh, maybe we'll, we'll uh, in Texas somewhere, maybe we'll drive out and check it out and we'll do a little video about it. We probably won't because I really like the videos. To yeah, but Jolly Bee, though. I mean, the Jolly, Jolly Bee, Jolly Bee jo work in, in Texas? I, I, I don't know. Oh, maybe course. it does. There's a do we, there's a do we large, have a densely populated Filipino, Filipino following in on, yeah on the um, I would imagine in Houston or San it, Antonio no, it's, it's, I would it's imagine not Houston actually it's in um, down on the border like Brownwood in the valley yeah that in the, kind of stuff. It's down in the, in the valley. valley so yeah. maybe down in the valley you know again if that's their business model so I'm not saying I'll, hey man I'll I'll take a ride down there because when I go to get my prescriptions in Mexico not the border. Um, <laughs> My favorite thing, and I've watched, I watched a couple of videos um, in prep for this. This is my favorite thing that they have on the menu. It's called Jolly Spaghetti. Um, it's a sweet style. It's, yep. It's, um, they say sweet style sauce, but it's really ketchup. And um, it has ham, ground meat, and hot dog on spaghetti. So that's. Uh, Whoa, ham. So I get, so is like. Is the food in this case, you know how like in, uh, <clears throat> because Hawaii is where Hawaii is, right. not a whole lot of cattle in Hawaii and that kind of yeah. stuff. So there's a lot of recipes in Hawaii that rely on spam or some kind right. of canned meat. 
because right. it's shipped over to Hawaii, right? <laughs> is is Philippines? Is like hot dogs? Is like is that one of those things where I, hey, we I don't have. So here's what I can tell you from having a lot of Filipino friends in college and high school. They do love spam. They love spam just like the Hawaiians love spam. <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you about the rest of it. I don't know. But I do know like a lot of their – I couldn't tell you. I don't want to be too like sure of myself here, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just the way it is because that sounds right. like that sounds like college-level ramen – Ketchup, hot dogs. And so if you look at their, I'm, I'm on their website looking at their, they got burgers, but they also got a lot of stuff that feels like it might be from KFC. They got a bucket of chicken. Um, and I do know my Filipino friends do like chicken also. They like fried chicken. So, Well, and um, I'm down for fried chicken, but, but I'm not. That, I hate fried chicken. So. I'm not eating hot dogs and my spaghetti at, at oh, this level I, of my. And with ketchup sauce? No, yeah. no, I am not. I, I don't... can't wait to buy the biggest size they have and take two bites and be like, ah, I can't do this. Like, no, that just seems wrong. That just, you should not be putting hot well, dogs. If you're more than 25 years old, you should not be putting hot dogs. I'm sorry, food. if you're more than 13, okay, and you're there hasn't been an emergency where your parents had to leave the house and you have to make ramen with ketchup and hot dogs... That's the but, only time anybody should eat that. I think. There's a lot of college kids out there that do weird things, and you know what I mean. But, but they're stupid, and no one's going to college anymore. Basically, I agree. Nonetheless, I just thought it was really interesting that in today's market, a company that's as big as Jollibee, as international as Jollibee, believes that there is room for another fast food player across the country, and they are. And they're selling out the big bucks to do it. Well, in rapid it doesn't look like they're they're bringing. I actually looked. It doesn't look like they're taking on any big debt to do it. They're not okay. sacrificing the farm for the expansion. I right. mean, they're taking out loans, but they're not. They're not leveraging their entire company to do this. They right. again, their profit margins must be massive because. Right. And if you're do, if you're selling a hot dog, ketchup, spaghetti, I'm sure your profit margins. Are huge, is all I'm saying. So maybe we need to to look into Jolly B Austin. Yeah, you know? who knows? Maybe we'll be the face of their southern expansion. <laughs> you don't um, want my face to part of any fast food franchise. Moving on to this next story, but before we do that, I do want to tell you about my company, Work at Home Stuff. We curate a selection of all the stuff you're going to need to work from home successfully. As it looks like, going to be the wave of the future, and. uh I'm I like the way you this. said curate. We like yeah. to curate around That's here. Right. And this is coming from a guy who has spent most of his adult life working from home. <laughs> so I have, you know, I've spent over a decade as a work from home guy. Um, I have a very honest perspective on what you're going to need to make yourself feel comfortable. Um, I know some people have weird routines about going to work from home. Like, I know somebody used to leave his house. Drive around the block, come back. That's how he knows he's starting to work. I don't do any of that weird <laughs> stuff, but I definitely know comfortable chair, a good desk, all of this Absolutely. stuff matters when you're working from home. You can end up workinghomestuff.com. Check it out. This next story uh, is a little personal to us because we're, we're content creators. Zuck Billerstad. Uh, I love how Facebook. you jack up any of their names. Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, Elon Musk. Any of these multi, multi, 
billionaires, probably all soon to be trillionaires at some point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You jack up their names constantly, and you do it on purpose. Correct. You know, it's not like you don't know their names. Correct. You just you just enjoy jacking them up. Yeah, and uh, maybe there's going to be a shirt with all their jacked up names coming on <clears> in the future. <throat> don't ruin the surprise, big man. Is there any reason why you like? I, I want to know. I don't know if yeah, the audience they, does, but I would love it. to know. They deserve it. That's why they deserve it. Did they do something personally to you? Yes. What, like, <laughs> yes. They tracked me. They injected microchips in my butt. Hey, uh, they. Uh, Bill Gates personally injected microchips into your butt. That's personally. That sounds like a lawsuit for Scarlett Johansson. Is what it sounds right. like to me. But all right. I clicked. I clicked update to Windows 10 on my last laptop. Got a knock at the door. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's old Willie Doors. <laughs> Willie Doors says, right in the, right the tuchus. Um, so. Anyway, so is, what is the story? This is really important to us because, like I said, Zuck Billerstads is dropping a billion, <clears throat> an entire billion dollars. Yes. Through the end of the next year, so through the end of 2022. For a new bonus program designed to help creatives plug into their ecosystem. You know what that means? All of the people you hate on the existing platforms are now going to be crowding up your Facebook timeline, and they're going to get they're going to get paid personally. I think he personally delivers the checks that he writes them in his checkbook. <laughs> well, look, Facebook. <clears throat> it's amazing to me that Facebook has been able to stay Facebook the app that it is, with the users right. that it is, and not pay for content. Right. When even YouTube, but now, you know, YouTube and Facebook and all that stuff. But but so it seems like everybody else started sharing revenue, and Facebook just never did because they never had to, right? Right. And I think what they're <clears> – I think this becomes part of the <clears> – <throat> excuse me. This becomes part of the – they're still get. They still have a lot of people using their app. They still have a lot, a lot of content being created, but it may not necessarily be the content that they want created. That they, so, you know what I mean, and that kind of right. stuff. The, so e- this may instance, be one of their fighting against ecosystems that have a tendency to happen on Facebook right now. So one of the things that did happen when uh, David Dobrik got the old fashioned axe was they tr- he I look. It appeared at least to get. To, the onlooker, they chopped up his old content and from his own personal channels started distributing it on Facebook because they realized he could still make money on Facebook because Facebook didn't. Right. right? And so what I mean is by that is to say that Facebook has never done anything to cultivate its own creators. Right? No. Whereas Instagram has incidentally cultivated butt models and TikTok has cultivated insane people. Right. And, you know, uh, Twitter well, but those has those places went at it from people. the very beginning, right? That's why YouTube became YouTube, is right. sharing revenue with what ended up being people with millions of views and, and that kind of stuff. Right. TikTok and Instagram, they all figured out that, hey, if we share revenue, and oh, by the way, it's not a lot of revenue, right? right. If we share at least some fraction, but Facebook, I think, for a long time went at it as well. We don't have to. We're Facebook. Right. We don't have, and what they found is, if you were a creator, like a real creator, right? You know, like a, a call me Chris on TikTok, or I don't know who don't it would know be on is. Instagram, or like, Philip DeFranco or Joe Rogan on YouTube, YouTube and stuff like that. If you were or a creator, Joe Rogan. 
<clears throat> if you were a creator, you are not you you're not using Facebook as a creative platform. You're just right. not. And this is why money talks, and you're not going to waste your time for free. This is Facebook's late round at doing it. And if you really go through these articles, I think that even though they're finally coming to the party with this money, right. they already are telling you flat out that. They're not going to be very nice or happy about sharing it. I mean, they're talking about bonus initiatives for people that do seasonal involving and expansion of certain things, which basically means, hey, if it's Christmas time and your content gets to a certain, you know, number of views, we might share some revenue with you. Right. It basically looks like to me that they 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 want everybody to be talking about that they're finally sharing revenue. Right. But they're going to make it such a moving target. They're already talking about about minimums, about time that you spent on right. Um, live, right, on Facebook Live or any of that kind of stuff. So they're already giving criteria that, hey, we're going to make this a moving target. We're only going to make it available to people that have large, large followings, and those right. followings are interactive. Not like, hey, you know, TikTok, all right, you've got 2 million subscribers, right? You're or into the Snapchat fun. spotlight program where they're giving out a, a million bucks sometimes. Right, Snapchat hands out a million dollars a day, apparently. Right. I oh, mean, yeah. that's insane, so right? The, the thing is, uh, as creators, as people who make content, I'm coming at it and, and having... I'm currently beefing with Facebook because we're trying... We rebranded our show, as you can see. Yep. And our former original podcast was called Big Man Podcast or Big Man Movie Podcast. Yep. Switch from that to Idiots versus Idiots, our Facebook page. Right. They had no problem with that. Here you go. You right. can change your no name. No problem with that. Done. Now we try to change our name to Market Explainer. They're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And so we're locked. We're locked horns. And, and as somebody who we're, we're very small on Facebook, right? But they're not even, we can't even, so I'm just saying as a creator, this is my existing experience with Facebook, which is sucky, which is I'm trying to do something good and I'm trying to improve. They don't want me to do it. Well, okay? they're like the DMV. You don't even have somebody you can call. Like they're, they're like inferior. the DMV. You want to complain about the DMV, who are you going to call? <clears throat> you want to complain about whatever government entity that Facebook is like that. Yeah, I, I right. mean. I don't even have I, – I, I looked previously years ago because I had an issue with some of the, the marketing stuff I was doing. At that point, there was no phone line. I don't know if there is now, but there is no phone line you could call. There was no Facebook customer service phone line. Everything exactly. was handled through Facebook at right. their discretion, whether they answer or don't answer or how long it takes or whatever no, is at the, their discretion. And here's the part that made my blood boil. My blood started boiling. <laughs> it did, folks. Um, they said you can appeal the fact that we denied your name change. You can appeal it in the support inbox. So I spent two years finding the support inbox, which is a regular inbox. Guess what? There's no message to appeal. Yeah, there was no message there. And I and looked as well. To appeal there. So, so that, as a small end creator... Thing that they want to invest in established creators and all they're looking for is transferable. All they're looking to do is bring established creators from other platforms when those platforms cultivated creators. Yep. 
And and historically, the creators that get banned, canceled, whatever, who have issues monetizing their content on YouTube. Um, Ethan from H3 has talked about this several years ago, not recently, but you know, content creators that were stealing content, right? And they couldn't right. monetize their content on any other platform. Go to Facebook. Because Facebook's like, yeah, we don't care. You right. Fifty thousand. You have fifty thousand likes on your page. Whatever it is. That's infuriating to someone like me who's like, I'm. listen, I don't want to be advanced or pushed forward for any other reason other than we made the content that the community of people wanted to see or like. Absolutely. But then to see that that's not, we're not competing like that. We're competing for, well, if you do a better job stealing people's content than the people who make it do distributing it, we'll pay you. I, I don't understand. I've never understood a... The whole we're not we don't share revenue at all, and Facebook obviously makes more money than all of these others combined. TikTok, right? Everybody else, it doesn't matter. They make more money because they they the, the way advertising and the way they do advertising and that kind of stuff is insane. They are a machine, right? So um, I, I've never understood, and they got away with it because they could. They could. Nobody was leaving Facebook because they weren't sharing revenue, right? As far as your average Facebook, who is your Facebook user, right? Right. So they would go to other apps for that. But again, so they come out and say, we're going to give a billion dollars, and then they're going to put this moving target on it. I think it's a combination of A, too little, too late. Honestly, I do. I think this is... 100% agree. If I was going to pick a non-story story of this week, this is it because I think right. the billion dollars gets people talking about it. Obviously, we're talking about it and whatever. But the fact that how long it takes them to give away that billion dollars and how it's distributed, God only knows. This is one of those stories that we don't know how it's going to work until it's actually here. And it's one of those things, too, where <clears throat> they get the credit for saying they're going to give away a billion but you, right. we'll never know how much they give away to who. Well, they're private companies, so they don't have to tell us anything. So well, they're whether public. they actually, well, their books are not public in the right. way that they right. they do these kind of things. This so my point specific is, specific thing is never going to be. Public. They will never answer to giving. Hey, did you give away a billion dollars? Right. Correct. Nobody's going to ever answer that question, and you know, and they'll do what most companies do. They'll find a creator out there some well-known somebody that they'll hand a check in front of a camera right on on facebook live or some bull crap like that whatever and they'll hand them a check for a hundred thousand dollars or a million bucks or whatever it may be right and they'll use that one instance or maybe a couple of them to say we're doing it right and then no one else like we had the billion there but no one met the requirement yeah here's the first person that won a million you know that right. received a million dollar bonus or or whatever it is and they'll go back and use that um i didn't know until i started looking at this not only well, apparently we need to be on snapchat they're giving away a million dollars a day I know. in revenue sharing and right. we don't have a snapchat account you know um youtube you know obviously their 100 million dollar fund tiktok opened up a $200 million uh, creator Creator. fund like within a month or so after they, you know, came on board. And, I mean, when you have these new places come out and sharing that kind of money, I I don't know. And maybe TikTok being the craze that it's created, maybe that was the straw that broke the Facebook camel's back is to them say, hey, here's a brand new app that is... 
you know, going crazy, the you know, and and making money and stuff like that. And all they did, there was no secret sauce to it. All they did, <clears throat> pay people, share revenue. They made it easy, because simple, share revenue. When you create a contest, effectively, where you're going to give people money for creating good content, they're going to get so much content, right? Yeah. So a lot of what Facebook is, they just want people to read the headline. Billion dollars. They're going to start posting their existing content from other places onto YouTube, or onto Facebook, right? hoping to get that billion dollars, not realizing that basically you're never going to, you're never going to catch. No, right? because they'll put some, they'll move that target somehow along that way that it's got to be unique content, and they're already doing it with, like I said, they've got on here, uh, what was it, certain time, which invites viewers to streaming tips, um, right. Making videos on Facebook, it will have to be within stream ads. They're going to push this, I guarantee you, on live streaming. Not right. less, not necessarily, you know what I mean? Content that you've created, like posting our show on Facebook, on our Facebook page, right? I guarantee you that will not be <coughs> excuse me, eligible whether it gets a million views or not. They want you to be on Facebook Live, Instagram Live. They want you to be on something like YouTube that right. they can post ads in, on, or during, right before right. or right after. And that's yeah, just way so, it's going to be the way it's going to be. And uh, one last thing I just want to say about Facebook is it's like using Windows 98. It's not intuitive. <laughs> it's slow. It's clunky. It's garbage. Um, it's the worst. I hate it. My issue, my biggest issue, and again, I don't think this changes anything. I think right. if you use Facebook now, you're going to use Facebook tomorrow. This changes nothing for. There's not. I don't think there's a creator out there that's going to move there as their main source right. of you know you know creation to Facebook because of this. Right. I think it's too little, too late, and I don't think it has any. It's um, it's the Hyundai Sonata <clears throat> of social media. Yeah, nobody's so I, passionate about their Hyundai Sonata. They're just like, well, it's a car. Should you really get credit for doing something if you should have been doing it all along? Like, you know, but my issue with Facebook and and I think this is going to be a lot of and this is me being a Gen Xer and social media. I think your problem with a lot of social media platforms out there in the way that they're ran is you create tunnels of only seeing what you want to see and they know you want to see it. And it creates what we call in today's world of echo chambers of feeding information that you only want to hear and see. And I think for places like Facebook and some other places that I won't mention, right. I think that's going to be in the short term, a very difficult proposition. Are you, for those are you talking about parlay or parlor? No, I'm not talking about? about anybody in specific. I'm just, and look, TikTok, it, look, all these use algorithms to show you what they think you want to see. Right. But Facebook, especially their algorithm has been very very aggressive in right. what they think right because you would People be amazed how much facebook knows about you and and you know what i mean you and know stuff it's, like it's that. really wild is like even if you don't use it they will build a ghost profile on you based on the people around you who use it and how accurate so, it is. Your if yeah, your mom's on is, it, your grandmother's on it, your you know what i mean. So like you said even if you've never been on it 
They knew who you are. They know where you live. They know who your family members are or whatever. And again, I'm not a conspiracy theory guy. We give all this stuff away for free. There's no such thing as living off the grid in today's world. It doesn't exist. So so you might as well embrace the, the benefits of it because you're not getting away from the negative of it. All right. Now, I'm not telling you to post your social security number to Facebook. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm right. just saying that if they want to know, they do. They already know, right? right. So, and because of the way it's structured, and uh, but uh, but I think again the echo chambers that especially Facebook for whatever reason, and they've talked about their algorithm, and maybe we need to do that on a show at length. Maybe we do it as one of our side episodes and get a Facebook expert on, and you know what I mean? Because their algorithm. Several articles have been written in the last couple of years about how aggressive in certain ways their algorithm has been and what it's done to people leaving Facebook in droves right. and stuff like that. So let me let me just say this one last thing in closing on the story. I have gone over to Minds, M-I-N-D-S. Amazing. It is an alternative social network. I love it. It doesn't hate me. Okay, I don't even know what a- that is, but... Well, I'm just saying, I've used it for years now. Um, and yeah, it's a little more cloistered. You're going to find like specific communities. Of course, people like me kind of gravitate to it, like it more. But um, I I would like, it's it's like Facebook, you know, like from when I was in college. Like it was totally not, there's no, like it's so chill. And um, is it MySpace? Is that how chill it was? MySpace dude, was pretty chill. It's not MySpace chill. <laughs> MySpace chill is just a different level. I miss MySpace. MySpace Man, was guy... like MySpace was like the what you would my when you look back on MySpace and and you look and you're young, right? I mean, you're a decade yeah. younger than I am. Right. MySpace was like if we were looking at the internet. Right, like they're like we're looking at the internet as a timeline of of the world. Right, MySpace MySpace was the total anarchist wild wild west of social media, and then Facebook come along and kind of like modernized it and set, <clears throat> settled everything down and right. kind of put some rules in place and some ethics and morals a little bit in the beginning. MySpace was like whatever I you want, it. man. Whatever yeah. you want, whenever you want it. Totally. Whatever you wanted to be, whatever lies you wanted to tell, whatever. There was no fact checking. There was no, you know what I mean? Nobody telling you you were crazy. It was insane. Yeah, but no one was behaving that nuts on MySpace. Um, you were on the wrong, wrong part of MySpace, if that's what you think. Cause, uh, Did you have MySpace? Uh, of course I had MySpace. It was like the first major social media platform i'm 10 years older than you are i was an adult when myspace came out i didn't know this okay myspace was like my first real interaction myspace was like the stepping stone between and i truly believe this before myspace you had you had chats yahoo chat and these are all text-based chat rooms right msn chat all these kind of and myspace was that stepping stone between online chat rooms right and what we now think of as social media that was myspace it got everybody out of chat rooms off of yahoo chat all these things that have died right now at this point that nobody would recognize myspace was that was that stepping stone you know what's what's interesting a little piece of history for, for the audience is all of what we understand apps right all of this stuff the sharing economy Social media, it all starts in one place. Danny's theory, by the way. 
Napster. Right? Because <laughs> Napster had some of that community function, which then Friendster brought to the... They just said, hey, Napster's illegal. Friendster, this is just about making friends and playing games or whatever Friendster was about. I never had a Friendster when I right. was too young for that. But, and then MySpace kind of moved into that, moved into that social media category from being a website dedicated to musicians. That's why when you first had like MySpace, you put a song on there. Right. Edition, right? Sure. My song, of course, was the song from The Sopranos. Well, wow. look, all of this stems from <clears throat> there's a lot of things that start out as something and then morph into something else, right? Well, I'm We've just saying, about if you, yeah, so, but I'm just saying, like, if you look, Napster is what convinced the, the music industry to allow iTunes, Apple, to sell music individually, 99 cents a song, boosted iPod sales, which in turn gave Apple after. Um, the guy came back, uh, Steve Jobs came back to Apple, mm -hmm. then in turn gave them the capitalization to create the iPhone, which then created app, the app market, which then a lot of people made a lot of money. So I'm just saying it all goes back to Napster. Napster yeah, is the... Napster. It all goes back to Napster. Hey, the sharing like economy. I, right? I'm following you. I don't know if that's all 100% accurate, but no, I'm, I'm following saying, you, and I like... I'm a genius. I'm the I, smartest person on the internet doing a podcast. You keep saying... You keep saying so. Correct. All well, right. Closing, what dumb thing do you have to tell us now, Danny? I have nothing dumb to say. I just have to say that the Badger is loose. Operation Bixby has been greenlit. I don't know what that is or means, but uh, sure, I'm on board. We'll see you next time, folks. <laughs>